let me just say I am just so excited for you all here today. I mean, the Lord has something very special um, in stored for us, um, especially concerning Second Samuel. You know, um, like last uh, week we did First Samuel. We went over First Samuel, and we talked about um, the three characters. Um, representative of Christ um, and we talked about the Holy Spirit we talked a lot about the spirit of might and, and, a, and a lot of other things and to to have the heart of you know David and what that means and what that actually looks like so second Samuel um, the Lord gave me actually unique instructions he said um, to me he said Simba when you do Second Samuel, you're going to have to separate it into three parts. I said, into three parts? He said, yes. He said, because there are certain things that I want to make sure that you hit from Second Samuel. And in order to do that, you're going to have to separate this into three parts. So this is going to be part one. Okay? So I am excited because the Lord has been showing um, just so much, you know, recently. Um, especially with Second um, Samuel, but so before we even dive in, I'm gonna say a a quick prayer, and then we're gonna hop into this word, Amen. So I hope you guys are ready. I hope you guys are hungry, because like I really believe um, by the Spirit of the Lord that this will change and greatly impact and bless your life. So let us pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, right now I come before you and I give you the highest praise, which is hallelujah. And Lord, I thank you so much for just all the people who are here, all those who are listening. Um, and I pray, Lord, that you will um, anoint these lips of clay, that it may be an oracle of God. Let nothing I say be of earthly wisdom, but be of everything of heaven and the spirit. I pray, Lord, right now that you allow me to decrease so that you may increase I pray, Lord, right now, that Holy Spirit, my friend, that you will touch the people's hearts and minds to believe and receive the word that you have for them today. I pray, Lord, that you will let my words be fire and your people would and let them be consumed by it and help them to have a closer, more intimate relationship with you. Lord, I pray right now, I, I say right now in the name of Jesus, I decree and declare that the kingdom of God is here, that the kingdom of God is at hand. And so right now, Lord, I just pray, have your way and do whatever it is that you want to do this day. It's in Jesus' name I do pray, my prayer the comforter, the Holy Spirit, and my prayer partners in agreement said amen, amen, and amen. All right, so Second Samuel. Now, what is the thing about Second Samuel? Okay, so First Samuel, we ended... Um, with um so by the end of first samuel okay um saul dies saul faces a tragic end okay and by second samuel david is about to become king david hears about what happens to saul so so he finds out saul is dead but it's not just saul it's also his best friend, who is Saul's son, um, Jonathan, he has also passed away, or he has died. And so, literally, the line of Saul has pretty much ended, okay? Um, well, except for Saul's daughter, who will later 
um, Mary David. But we'll get into that later. So this is the thing that I want to find interesting, that I find very interesting concerning this. If you have your swords, I need you to go with me to 2 Samuel chapter 1, okay? And I want you to go to verse 11. So it's 2 Samuel chapter 1, verse 11, okay? Because this is something we have to understand. We have to know what is it about David that made him... Like, what was it about him that God said, I want him to be the next king? What, you know, like I said, when we talked about 1 Samuel, I said, you could be, by his blood, he hath made us kings and priests. So, but what kind of king are you going to be? Are you going to be a Saul or are you going to be a David? Well, I would hope you have said, I want to be a David. Okay, but what does that mean? How do you become a David? How do you become like David? Okay, you have to look at the kind of heart, the kind of demeanor David had, especially towards God. So you have to look at this right here. So mind you, Second Samuel chapter one, verse 11. This is what happens. Now, mind you, Saul was the guy who tried to kill David. Okay, this was the guy who tried um, to destroy David, came against David. And yet look at. If you remember what I said, I said he never picked up God's offense. He he didn't pick up even the offense of Saul trying to kill him. He looked up to Saul. He loved Saul. Look at this. He said, as soon as he heard that he died, look at this. Second uh, Samuel chapter 1 verse 11. Then David took hold on his clothes and rent them. And likewise, all the men that were with him. So he started to rip his clothes. He was so upset. He was so devastated at the fact that Saul had died. He started ripping his clothes. Like, I, I don't want to be dramatic, but y'all know, like, those moments that y'all see in those movies. Like, nah. Like, like y'all know what I'm talking about. I ain't trying to be too dramatic here. But y'all know what I'm talking about. Like that now moment. Like that's what that is. So look at this. So you see he rents his clothes. So this lines up what Jesus talked about. He said, do not curse your enemies. You do good to your enemies. See, David did not despise Saul. He didn't hate Saul at all. In fact, when he found out Saul died, he's hurt. He started renting his clothes. That right there impresses God. I want you to understand that. That impressed God because you have to look at why did he rent his clothes. He did not just rent his clothes just because he loved Saul though. Look at this. And they mourned and wept and fasted until even for Saul and for Jonathan his son and for the people of the Lord and for the house of Israel because they were fallen by the sword. Verse 13. And David said unto the young man that told him, Whence art thou? And he answered, I am the son of a stranger in Amalekite. So now he wants to know who is this reporter who's coming to him, giving him this news. Because whether he was in disbelief or whatever, he wants to know who's giving me this news. I'm going to skip a little bit. I'm going to go to. Yeah. So we're going to continue. 14. And David said unto him, how was thou not afraid to stretch forth thy hand to destroy the Lord's anointed? Oh, my goodness. Do you see that? He's saying, even though Saul messed up and God said, I'm done with Saul, I'm not. 
he he's no longer going to be king. Do you see how David still addresses Saul? He still addresses him with reverence, with honor. He said, were you not afraid to stretch your hand against the Lord's anointed? He said, not even I did that. You, you have to understand this. He wants to know who is this who's telling me this news and who is it? Because he's finding out that he was the one who killed Saul. So this is the man who killed Saul. But you have to understand the story. The reason why he killed Saul is because Saul asked to be killed. Saul basically wanted one of his men to kill him so that he wouldn't be captured by the enemy. Okay? So he wanted out. So so he killed him. But this is the thing though. You have to understand this. This guy who killed Saul goes to King David and he thinks David is going to honor him because he killed his enemy. He thinks David's going to honor him. He thinks David's going to look, but look at what David says. David said, are you there? Is everyone here? I do not know what happened. Can everyone hear me on Zoom? I want to make sure people can hear me. Oh, the devil is a liar. I have no idea how that happened. Can everyone hear me? Or did I lose you? What happened? Father, in the name of Jesus, bring this back. The Wi-Fi connection is strong. It's strong. What the heck is going on? Apparently. We're still in the room. You're still in the room? Can y'all hear me? No, I can hear you. Seeing this connecting buzz plugged in. The Wi Fi is connected and everything. Like mom, look at it. It's connected. It's connecting. This doesn't make sense. to close out and come back in? Maybe. This is not right. Start. Go to start. What just happened? Did I start over? It says it's connected. This is not right. Are the people in there? I don't see them, Mom. I don't even see this thing connecting. It's saying it's connecting, but something's wrong. And everything looks fine. Jesus. I need to hurry and get my thing back. It's saying it's connecting, but this isn't right. Okay. 
I'm still recording on one thing. Alright. I'm going to take a minute because I do not want to start teaching and miss people miss something. What's going on? This is unable to connect. How? It has everything. It has the Wi-Fi. Take it off the... Let's put it on. Yeah, let's put it on the house. The house one. What just happened? Where is it? Is that it? Let's get it back on the house on. Let's see if that'll help. There it is. There it is. There it is. There it is. Okay, give me a second. Can everyone hear me? Okay, thank you. Wow, okay. That, that was that was trippy. Um, yeah, that was interesting. Um, but it's okay. If anything, like I said, that should make you guys more excited. Because that means the devil doesn't want you to hear what I'm about to tell you. So, and those who know me, this is just what happens in my ministry sometimes. Some people who is like, let me tell you something. If you don't go through a little warfare, then that don't, then that means the devil ain't worried about you. <laughs> when you got to do things that it don't even make sense, that means he's worried about something. But it's okay. He cannot stop the kingdom of God. He will not stop the kingdom of God. Not today. So, Amen. so let's get this. Amen. I know I lost where I was. Where was I? Does anyone remember the last thing I said before I cut out? Um, you There we go. All right. So you see, he look look at what he says. He says, And David said unto him, How wast thou not afraid to stretch forth thine hand to destroy the Lord's anointed? And look at what he says. 15. And David called one of the young men and said, Go near and fall upon him. And he smote him that he died. So David had the person who killed Saul killed. That's how much reverence and love he had for Saul. Because he understood. See, this is the problem with the church. We don't understand honor. We don't understand reverence. We're quick to backbite, turn against, speak ill of. Let me tell you something. You don't mess with the Lord's anointed. I'm telling you the truth. You don't do that. You let God deal with them. If God wants to remove them, he'll remove them. Just like he removed Saul. You, y'all not talking to me. Y'all need to understand. People need to understand this. God has a system. God has a way. Not even David, even though he was next to be king and he was prophesied to be king. He didn't even go against Saul because he knew God's order. He knew that there was God's um, way of reverence. So he said, because look at why David decided to kill him. 
he didn't kill him because he was upset that he killed Saul. A lot of people will say that, but you miss it. Because look at what he said. How wast thou not afraid? So he's asking him, how is it that you were not even afraid to lift or stretch forth thy hand to destroy the Lord's anointed? He doesn't even say Saul. He said the Lord's anointed. So he says, and he still acknowledges Saul was still king. He was still anointed. He was still, God was still with him. And look at this. He said, and David called one of the young men and said, go near and fall upon him. And he smote that he died. And David said unto him, thy blood be upon thy head for thou mouth has testified against thee saying, I have slain the Lord's anointed. So he says it again. You see, so that's his reasoning. He said, the reason why I killed him is because his own mouth told on him. He said it himself. He said that he slayed the anointed. He slayed Saul. You see that? How many of us still call someone who offended us, we still call them anointed? How many of us change our minds as soon as we harbor an offense? Or, well, I don't like that person. That person ain't anointed. No, the person might still be anointed. But you have to understand, anointed does not mean relationship. Oh, y'all not talking to me. You can be anointed and not have a relationship with God. You can be anointed and not have have a, 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 a real fellowship with the Lord, okay? Just because you anointed, like, I, I, I see many preachers... And the congregation, they anointed, but, but but you don't know the Father. You don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'll tell you that straight up. But you anointed, though. You anointed to preach. When you get up there, can't nobody preach like you. When you play the music, when you play, oh, yeah, you anointed. When you sing, you anointed. But you don't have relationship. You see that? So this, is, so, so this wasn't about... Saul's relationship, well, Saul deserved it. He was against God and da-da-da. No, not even David saw that. David understood God's ways. He said, you do not touch God's anointed. I don't care how bad they messed up. You let God deal with his anointed because he's the one who anointed them. Y'all ain't talking to me. It was God's choice. You let God deal with his choice. This is the problem with the church. You, you people act like because you you a believer in Jesus Christ that for some reason you have the same judgment power as God. You do not. You do not. In fact, I'm gonna share with you a revelation on truth. Are are are, are y'all ready for truth? Let me see who's who, who's ready for truth. Okay, we gonna have some revelation for truth. The reason why you can't judge, like, you know, Jesus said, judge not lest ye be judged in the same manner of which ye judge, the same will be appointed to you. Let me tell you something. The reason why you do not have the authority or right to judge even someone who mess up, you don't have that right is because you do not have all the information on that person. You do not know. See, truth is we, we, we talk about truth as present and past. No, 
See, that's what Satan do. Satan only tells you things of the past and of the present. Only God can tell you things of the past, present, and future. So guess what? If you don't know that person's future, you have no right to judge him. Because you don't know how much that person can change. You can say, that person's the scum of the earth. This person's miserable. And God might still say, nope, he's still my called. And he has plenty of time to turn it around because I know his future. I know he's going to encounter me at the burning bush. See, y'all not talking to me. You do not have the information to place the judgment. That was actually the problem with the church when the apostle Paul tried to get in. They said, hold on. Saul, you mean the guy who tried to kill us? No, Paul, the apostle who God has called, who he encountered on the road to Damascus, who he spent three years in the wilderness with, who, who went under supernatural training and conditioning with other apostles, has now been sent to us, the Gentiles, to show us and teach us the way of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on now, y'all, y'all, who, who is getting this? You've got to have all the information in order to have the right verdict. You don't have all the information, so you don't have the verdict. So God will judge you for prejudging. Y'all, y'all, oh Lord. God will judge you if you prejudge because you do not have. That's the thing with, 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 with the church. You want to be right, but you don't want to have relationships. Just because you're right about somebody now does not mean you're right about them later. You do not have that jurisdiction. You do not have that authority. I don't care who you are. Unless your name is Yeshua HaMashiach and you are seated on the throne You keep your judgments to yourself and you love that person the same way Christ said he loved you. Jesus loved you when you were a heathen. Jesus loved you when you were backsliding, backbiting. He still loved you. He still died on the cross for you. He didn't wait for you to get right and then he died on the cross. Y'all not talking to me. Lord, they 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 ain't ready for today. They ain't they they ain't ready for today. I might need to move on. I might need to move on. I don't know. Lord, is this too heavy? This might this might be a little heavy. I don't know. Do I need do do I need to take it down a notch? Or are y'all good? Come on now. I need to hear you. <laughs> Glory to God. Y'all, y- y'all need to understand this. You have to understand this. The Bible says, Oh, no man anything but to love him. Jesus said that the way you love people is how people will know that you are my disciples. How in the world the church has missed the greatest teachings of Jesus? Jesus even said, these are the two greatest commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your strength. 
And then the second is like unto it. Love thy neighbor as thyself. You have to love people. You cannot judge people. Let me tell you something. Oh, Lord, they're pulling it out of me. Do you remember what Jesus did with a woman who was caught in adultery? She wasn't, it wasn't a speculation that she was an adulteress. She was caught in the act. She was caught cheating on her husband with another man. And they dragged her out into the street to be killed. She's as guilty as sin. She's guilty. And so they bring her to Jesus and said, what shall we do with her? And he writes in the dirt. And he said, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. He said, if you really so holy and so righteous. And you have no sins that need to be forgiven of. Then go ahead. Throw, go ahead, throw the stone. Let me tell you why that's so powerful. Jesus committed no sins. Jesus was blameless. He was sinless. He was the sacrificial lamb. And not even he picked up a stone. And yet we followers of Jesus, we're quick to pick up a stone. Something is wrong here. You need the love of Christ in your heart. You need to stop. I call, I call it group hatred. Just because other people don't like somebody don't mean you got to jump in with them. Because guess what? If those same people don't understand that you need to love when they stand before God and they on their way to hell and you rode shotgun with them, you might be riding shotgun with them. Let me tell you something. I love you all dearly. I love you all with all my heart. But I, but I, I, I'm going to say this and I don't care what anyone feels about it. I ain't going to hell for neither one of you. <laughs> I love you all dearly. But if I see you going to hell, you going to hell by your damn self. I ain't going nowhere near you. I'm telling you the truth now. Lord going to look at me and say, you rolling with them? I said, I think not. No, sir. Let me, let, let, let me get in them pearly gates. Bye. I'm, I'm telling you, I might sound heartless. I might sound, I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. I told, I told one of my friends, y'all better not do nothing illegal around me. Because if the cops come, as soon as they pull out the handcuffs, I say, you ain't even got to arrest me. I'll tell you everything you want to know. First one talk gets a deal. You don't, eat. look, come on, let's talk outside. I'll tell you everything that they did. Come on now. Y'all need to, y'all know I'm telling the truth. Those who know me, this is this is just the way I am. I'm telling you. Not even Jesus picked up that stone. He didn't even pick it up. And what does he say to the woman? He says to her, who, who condemns you? Where are your condemners? She said, they're not here. He asked, who condemns you? He said, no one. He said, and neither do I. Look, you see how much love he shows that girl? He says, neither do I. Now go and sin no more. He showed her love and then he gave her correction. Well, Brother Simba, the Bible says we need to hold each other accountable. 
Okay, genius, let me tell you something. The Bible says you hold us, you hold each other accountable before you sin, which means that if you sin, that means you're too late. That means you didn't hold nobody accountable. You're supposed to hold somebody accountable before they sinned. But if they sinned, you can't hold them accountable now because they sinned. So now what do you do that someone has sinned? You do what Jesus did. You bring them up. You help them out. Come on now. Where, where, where is the body of Christ? Where is the kingdom of God here? Come on now. Are y'all hearing this here? You're supposed to help a sinner, not condemn them. I don't care how big their sin is. Jesus paid the price for all our sins. In God's eyes, there ain't no big sin, little sin. It's sin. In fact, I'm going to really bring it home for some of you. Jesus said, like, we all know murder is bad, right? We all know murder is bad, right? Murder is bad. You get, you, you can go to jail for life for murder. Well, Jesus said, in my eyes, which is also in his father's eyes, if you even hate your brother, you have already committed murder in your heart. And that's, and literally he's saying, simply because you have hatred, that's the same to me as murder. Well, Lord, I didn't sleep with that woman. No, but you lusted after her. You already committed adultery in your heart. Come on now. You have to understand. You have to value. You you cannot value sin on, on the world's or man's system. You have to value it from God's system. Which is why you have to have a savior. Which is why you need to have the heart of the savior. You need to have the Lord Jesus Christ. And you need to ask to be filled with his love. Because the same love he showed you, you are to show to others. It's called sanctified love. Write that down. Sanctified love. There is an unsanctified love, but we're not going to get into that right now. You need sanctified love. Is everyone with me? Now, let's go to 2 Samuel chapter 5. I think I stayed on that point long enough. 2 Samuel chapter 5. So now, David, he's not king yet. Because what happened is, there were two main tribes. There was Judah, and then there was Israel. Okay? So what David does, he goes to Judah. He goes to around Judah, and he becomes king of Judah. Okay? Okay? So look at this. But but in chapter 5, you see something very unique. So there's kind of like a civil, not a civil war, but it's kind of like that. You see Israel go against Judah. And so they're like, well, we don't know if we want David to be our king. Mind you, this is the same one who God said he's, he's next to be king. I'm going to use him to bring all of Israel together. But you see... There were people who were still coming against it. You see? So there was a bit of a civil war. And 
David, you know, David was just winning. Like, like David was showing that God was with him. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. When, when God has anointed someone and you see God with him, let me tell you something. It's a losing battle to fight against God. I don't care. I don't care who you are. I don't care how anointed. I don't care how think you think you, you are. If God has chosen someone and he's riding with that person, then you need to go ride with him. Well, I don't know if I like the person God has appointed. It don't matter. Do you love the Lord? Then let the love for the Lord override your hate for somebody else. Actually, you shouldn't even have hate anyway. Let your love for the Lord be your guide. Let your love for the Lord. If this is the one whom the Lord has chosen, then I'm a roll with him. Because that's the one who the Lord chose. And because I simply love the Lord, I'm with it. I may not understand it, but I'm with it. Trust me. There were times where the Lord had me under people. And I was like, Lord, I don't even know why you picked that person over me. I said, no way. But then he asked me the same question. He said, Simba, do you love me? I said, well, Lord, you know I do. He said, then trust me. He said, listen to me. Submit and I will show you. I said, all right. And I submitted and I listened. And then the Lord just started showing me all kinds of amazing things, all kinds of glorious things. My relationship with God went to a whole nother level. Why? Because he knew I trusted him. He knew that, okay, he'll listen to me now. He'll listen to me. His love for me is proven. Even when he, t- when people ask the Lord about me, I've had this happen. They've asked the Lord about me. One of the first thing that the Lord says to the person about me, it says, Simba, oh, he loves me. He's like, oh, Simba, oh, he loves me. I love him. He, he's a friend of mine. I, I tell you the truth. I ain't here to, to boost up myself. I'm here to tell you that how many of you want a relationship like that? Where God will say to someone else, you know what? That person, it don't matter what you think or what you see of that person. That person loves me. And because they love me, I, I'm I'm going a, I'm, I'm a, I'm to a stick with them. Come on now. Y'all need to understand that. So here, 2 Samuel chapter 5. And it says, Then came all the tribes of Israel to David, unto Hebron, and spake, saying, Behold, we are thy bone and thy flesh. Also in time past, when Saul was king over us, thou was he that leadeth, that leadeth out and broughteth in Israel. And the Lord said to thee, Thou shalt feed my people Israel, and thou shalt be a captain over Israel. You see that. So all the elders of Israel came to the king to Hebron, and King David made a league with them in Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel. So it doesn't matter how much opposition you face. It doesn't matter how many people conspire. It doesn't even matter what it looks like. If you keep the faith, If you believe the word of the Lord, the report of the Lord, and not the report of any other, any other person, the Lord will fulfill what he said he will do. He told David, you are going to be king, not just over Judah, but over all of Israel. But you have to trust me. 
I don't care what it looks like. Well, Lord, you said I'm going to be king and I see a lot of opposition. I don't see this looking right. This this is a Oh, ye of little faith. How much do you trust the word of the Lord? If the Lord said it, it is so. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care my experiences. If he said it, it's going to happen. One way or another. I need to stay in what he said. Not with what it looks like. We walk by faith, people, not by sight. Your walk, your Christian walk, to walk in the fullness of Christ and in power is by faith, not by sight. Because if you only judge things by what you see, you will always fall short of what God wants to give you. And what is falling short for? We all have come short of the glory of God. That's how you come short when you decide to walk by sight and not by faith. When you walk by faith, then you start to seek the Lord. Then you start to walk with the Lord. Then you start to learn the Lord. Then you start to learn his characteristics, his attitude, his mindset. You start to be like David. I don't know what's going on around me, but I trust you, Lord. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to believe you. I'm going to praise you anyhow. Why? Because you are good and you are seated on the throne. Never have I seen the righteous forsaken. Never have you left me, nor have you ever forsaken me. When I called out to you, you answered me. You brought me through the lion's den. You brought me out the fires and the trials of tribulation. Come on, y'all not talking to me. You brought me through every adversity. The reason why I'm here is because of you. And you did not bring me this far to make me fall now. So simply because of that, if you said it, I'm going to believe it. If you said it, I'm going to stand on it. I'm going to wait for the manifestation of it. But while I'm waiting, get my praise shoes on. Get my worship music. Somebody go get me a Kerry Job soundtrack. I'm going to start worshiping. I'm going to start saying glory to the Lord. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with this glory. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Who was, who is, and who is to come. Because I love you, Lord. I will not leave you. Because you have never left me. If God... Before you, who can be against you? No weapon formed against me shall prosper. See, some of y'all, mm, go to Isaiah chapter 57, 54, sorry, Isaiah 54. Go to Isaiah 54. See, a lot of y'all know how to quote that scripture, but a lot of you don't even know what that scripture even really means. For some reason, I could just hear the Lord saying to me, there is never any reason to give up. There is never any reason to give up. Because Jesus has overcome the world. If he has overcome the world and I abide in him, then I too will overcome the world. 
There is never any reason to give up. Write that down. There is never any reason to give up. Well, Simba, this doesn't look right. And the 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 judge said it was final. What judge? Well, the person of high authority. I don't care what they say. I care about what my judge says. Who's your judge, Jehovah? Well, what does he say? He said, I got it. I'm good. But they said, but they're saying that this is wrong. This isn't going to happen. And who are they? See, when you start talking like that, 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 that starts to stir people. Well, they're this. Are they above God? Well, no. Then what does what they say matter to me? <laughs> I only answer to one person. Only one person gets to decide my future, gets to decide my destiny. And guess what? It's not even me. Oh, y'all missed that. All these, you know, I, I get the quote. It's a nice sentiment. Well, I decide my own future. I decide my own destiny. You a liar. The one who decides my future is him. Because he's the one who has it all written out in a book. Let me move on. Isaiah 54, chapter 54, verse 17. Look at this. King James Version. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. In every tongue. Uh Uh-oh. Every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment. Thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. That means anyone who rises up against you, anyone who says any type of foolishness about you or against you, guess what? It carries no weight. In fact, God says, if they say anything about you or against you, they got to answer to me. Because he said, who will condemn them? Thou shalt condemn not I. He, he'll condemn it. This is the heritage. This is the inheritance. This is our lineage, ladies and gentlemen. Of the servants of the Lord. You see that? Let's leave, let's leave that alone for a minute. Okay? Let's move on. I'm almost done. Let's go back to 2 Samuel. Are you all learning something here? Now look at this. Look at look look at the time. Oh, you really want to see the comparison between Jesus and David? You really want to see this? I'm about to blow it. Look at this. Second Samuel chapter five. Verse three. Look at this. So all the elders of Israel came to the king to Hebron, and King David made a league with them in Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel. So right there we see that right. In the midst of everything that was going on, what God said had finally come to pass. Now, verse 4. David was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 40 years. (laughs) How old was Jesus when he started his ministry? 30 years old. How old was Jesus when he started the teaching of the kingdom? 30 years old. Oh, y'all not getting this. 
There's a process, ladies and gentlemen. There's a process. How old was Joseph when he became Zaphnapaneas, the second highest ruler in um, Egypt? 30 years old. Come on, somebody. Come on now. You got to get, someone's got to get excited about this. 30 years old. You got to go through God's process. Look at this. David was 30 years old and he reigned for how long? 40 years. 40 years. That's a divine number right there. 40 years is a divine number. Anytime God brings up 40, that is a that that is a blessing. You have to understand. There's judgment, there's purification, there's restoration, there's a lot with 40. I don't have time to go into that. But you see that? So 30. So there's a process. So if you in process, you in good company. <laughs> Glory to God. Are you hearing this here? And so David, he defeats the Philistines. He he's prosperous. He's he, he's king now. He's doing a lot of good things. Now, here we go. Chapter 6. 2 Samuel chapter 6. I'm almost done. I'm going to end today at chapter 7, okay? So 2 Samuel chapter 6. Are you there? Look at this. Now, David, after he defeats the Philistines, he takes the Ark of the Covenant and he tries to bring it back into Jerusalem. He tries to bring it back into God's city. But the problem is he didn't know how to bring it in properly. So God actually gets very upset with David because he does not know how to bring it in properly. There's no sign of reverence. There's no sign of honor for the Ark of the Covenant, which has the presence or the dwelling place of God. Actually, not the dwelling place, but it had his presence, okay? Look at this. 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 7. So what happens is, the way that they're carrying it, they're carrying it kind of like on a carrier. And what happens is, the Ark of the Covenant starts to fall off. What happens is, someone named Uzzah, or Uzziah, is that his name? Uzzah basically touches the Ark of the Covenant to try to push it back up and he dies on the floor. He dies right there because he touched it. Now listen, why is this such a big deal? Look at this. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah and God smote him there for his error. And there he died by the Ark of God. And David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah. And he called the name of the place Perez Uzzah to this day. And David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How shall the ark of the Lord come to me? So David would not remove the ark of the Lord unto him into the city of David. But David carried it aside into the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. So look at this. This is so powerful. The reason why God was so upset with Uzzah First, he was upset with David because he didn't know how to carry it in. The reason why he was upset with Uzzah was because he touched the Ark of the Covenant. The Lord said no one was to touch it. He touched it irreverently. And so the problem with that was that there was no sign of reverence. He tried to push it. He had good intentions. But then again, so did Saul, remember? Obedience is better than sacrifice. The Lord would have rather had the Ark of the Covenant hit the ground than for them to disobey him. Are y'all hearing this here? 
That's the way God thinks. That's not the way we humans think. We're like, well, that's so holy, it can't touch the ground. The Lord said, I would rather it touch the ground than for you to disobey me. I said, don't touch it. When I said don't touch it, that's exactly what I mean. You don't touch it a certain way. Okay? So remember that. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice. And this is why God loved David so much. Look at this. 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 14. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was girded with a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. Look at this. So David, he's he looks like a crazy person. He's so excited and happy that God's presence is coming into Jerusalem, a holy city. He's so excited. He starts dancing before the Lord. He, and it says he's giving it everything he's got. He's jumping. He's dancing. He's running. He's doing all this. And yet his wife is looking at him like, why is he doing all that? Like he's crazy. She began to despise him. Let me tell you something. If you got the heart of a worshiper, worship. If you got the heart to dance before the Lord, dance before the Lord. If you feel the touch of the Holy Spirit and you can't contain yourself and you want to cut a rug, bust a move, I go for it. When you're doing it before the Lord, the Lord likes that. It says enter his courts with what? Praise. Enter his courts with what? Thanksgiving. You're dancing. Why? Because you're happy. You're dancing because you're thankful. You, you know that song by Mary Mary, get these shackles off my feet so I can what? Dance. The shackles of, are off your feet, yet you don't want to dance. Dance. Bust a move. I don't care if people talk about you or say you crazy. Because guess what? God will vindicate you. Because look at this. If you read this further, what you want to know what God does to Mikael? This little smart aleck little wife of David. Let me tell you something. Because she had no honor and no respect, she had no children. So as soon as she died, that was the end of Saul's line right there. You do not mess with God's anointed. That includes make fun of. Because if you do, you have to deal with Jehovah. When you are praising God and people want to talk bad about you, you better say, careful, you might end up like Mikkel. I'm not saying that to wish evil on you. I'm just saying for your benefit. You do not want to face God's judgment because you don't know how to give honor. And now the final thing I'm going to touch on. I finally did it. I got to seven. So what happens is God, basically David, wants... To build God a temple. He wants to build God a dwelling place. But God is so pleased. And loves David so much. He says. Instead of him building my house. I'm going to build David a house. He says. I'm going to build David a house. I'm going to build him a dynasty. His kingdom will never end. To this day. 
David is up in heaven and he has a seat that is forever. His seat with the Lord is forever. Are you hearing this? Look at this. And it says right here. Second Samuel chapter 7. Now here we receive word of the Messiah. This is where God makes his promise with David that Jesus is going to come. Look at this. Are you there? Second uh, Samuel chapter 7 verse 12. And when thy days be fulfilled and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers. That means when you die. He's saying to David, when you die, when you long gone, I will set up thy seed after thee. Now, a lot of people are talking about, oh, he's talking about Solomon. No, he's not. He's talking about Jesus. Yes, he talked, he's talking about Solomon a little bit, but you got to understand, God is not a little bit God. He's so prophetic in his nature. He's talking about millions and thousands of years after the fact. Y'all not talking to me. I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels. So he's saying he's going to come from you. And I will establish his kingdom. Verse 13, he shall build an house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. He's talking about Jesus. Look at here. I will be his father. He shall be my son. If he commit iniquity, I will chasten him with a rod of men and with the stripes of the children of men. Reading here. But my mercy. Oh, Y'all, the key is in verse 15. But my mercy shall not depart away from him, as I took it from Saul, whom I put away before thee. And thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever. According to all these words and according to all this vision, so did Nathan speak unto David. Let me wrap this up right here. David hears all of this. David does not doubt. David does not question. He instead praises God. He thanks God for the word that was spoken. Okay. But look at this. God literally says to David. Even if you mess up. Even if your seed messes up. I will still be faithful. How many of you would like a covenant like that with God? That even after, see, you can be long gone and your great-great-grandchildren might stray away from the Lord. But God said, I will still make my appeal to them to bring them back no matter how far they go. How many of you would like that kind of covenant with God? That he will be faithful to your family even after you are long dead and gone. You know that's a promise of the Lord that he will be faithful for a thousand generations. But this, see, ah, that was revelation. The Lord said, my promise is not just for a thousand generations. That's the bare minimum. I will be faithful forever. Oh, 
That's the level that's even higher than that. God said, I will be faithful to you, faithful to your family for a thousand generations. That's a promise. You can start praying that right now. Lord, be faithful to my family for a thousand generations. It can start with you. You can get your entire family saved if you learn the promises of God. It's a promise of God, which means it's a prophecy. And everything he has spoken, if you stand with it, can and will come to pass. I plan on when I'm long dead and gone, my great, great, great grandchildren will come to heaven and say, thanks, granddad. We made it because of your faithfulness to God. He was faithful to us. Even though we strayed away from the faith, we forgot all about you and all the things that you've done. But but your God still came to us and we heard the gospel and we heard the message and we received it. And because of that, we are here. Come on now. But God said, I will not be faithful for only a thousand generations. He said, well, David, I will be faithful to you forever. Your kingdom reigns forever. And guess what? Through Jesus, how long is his kingdom? His kingdom is what? An everlasting kingdom. So whoever is in line with Jesus, you are part of that promise of David. Your kingship, your reign with the Lord will last forever. Come on, somebody. The blessings and promise of the Lord will be forever. You just got to pay the price for it. And you get that by developing your closeness and relationship with Jesus. Oh, who here wants that? Who wants God to be so faithful to you that he says after you're long dead and gone, I'm not only going to be faithful for a thousand generations, I'm going to be faithful to you forever. That means even after the a thousand years are up, I will move forward and do it again. Come on, somebody. I'm not even going to be here for a thousand years. And yet God's saying I will be faithful to you and your family for not only a thousand years, but even after that thousand years are up, I can be faithful to you even longer, forever. Who here wants that? Who wants to receive that? Then I'm just going to tell you, go for it. Learn the ways of the Lord. Learn the word of the Lord. I think that's all I have time for today. That's all... I can give you. I'm sorry for all the technical difficulties. Did you all learn something today? Did you all receive something today? Glory to God. And I hope you are ready for next week, you know, because next week we go into part two. There's even more. You know, I only touched on the first part. God said this has to be three parts. So I and like like um the word says, we go from glory to glory. So I hope you ready because if you thought this level of glory was good, wait till next week. We go from glory to glory to glory. And I pray that you apply this, you take it, you learn from it and just trust the Lord. That's all I hear the Lord saying to me. Just trust me. I got this. I've done this before. (laughs) I've done this before. I've been doing this before you were even born. When you were still in your mother's womb, I knew you. 
I knew what you were going to be. I had your destiny. I had everything written out for you. All you got to do is trust me. I got this. All right. I think that's all I have time for today. Let me let me stop before I continue preaching. But let me pray um and we'll close and of course we'll do like we always do. If you want to hang out, talk with us, we'll be available. Um you can um you know, check out the podcast. You can um if you want to give to the ministry, you can check us out at Cash App or Easy Tide. Um you know, um yeah, I'm not taking an offering right now. But anyway, that's just what it is. So if you want to give to the ministry, there's Cash App or Easy Tide. And also, the Lord wants me to say this. Name your seed. You know, name what is it that you're believing God for? If you do if you do decide to give, if the Lord places on your heart to give, name that seed. And believe that's going to the kingdom of God. I truly believe that. Every dollar that's spent here, we're going to use to win a soul. That's really my mindset. Every dollar that is given, it's going to be used to win a soul. It's going to be used to advance and bring the kingdom of God on the earth. That's my mission. That's what I believe. Take with it what you will. And also, people think, oh, the church is just getting the blessing. No, I want you to be blessed. Don't you know that's how God is? It's a cycle of blessings. But I ain't got time to go into all that. But <laughs> you got to go and check out the podcast, ABC of Faith International with Rev um, Simba. You guys can check that out. Um, and so, again, if you want to check it out, hang out with us, that's fine. But let me pray. I did enough advertisement for now. Let us pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, right now I give you the highest praise, which is hallelujah. And right now, Lord, I thank you for all these wonderful people. I thank you for this word that you gave us. And I just pray, Lord, that you would just touch the people's hearts and minds to believe and receive the word today. And I pray, Lord, that this would be used to help them grow, help them grow in their intimacy and relationship with you. I pray, Lord, and I thank you, Lord, for just all the wonderful things that you have done today, all the wonderful things that you are doing. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that despite the technical difficulties, the word was given out. I give you praise, wonderful Jesus, that the word was still given and that the people were still able to receive it. I thank you, Lord, for the patience of the people to dwell with us and their hunger to stay put until everything got um, situated. I pray that you will bless them for their faithfulness, Lord, and their hunger for the word of the Lord. I pray, Lord, that you will just continue to be with them this day. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will speak to them and speak to them throughout the day. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that um, that they will be even hungrier for the word of the Lord next week and moving forward. Lord, just give them an insatiable hunger for your word and for your presence. Holy Spirit, just be loose right now and touch them right now. And I speak and I and I just want to speak the kingdom of God into their lives right now. I loose the kingdom of God in their lives and I bind and rebuke the kingdom of darkness and Satan and all his agendas for them this day and moving forward right now. And I cast it back to the depths of hell. I count it done and I seal it now in the name of Jesus and by the blood of Jesus Christ. It's in Jesus' name I do pray. Well, in the presence of the Holy Spirit, for thine is the kingdom, power, and glory forever and ever. And my prayer partners in agreement said with me because they believe, said amen. 
Amen and amen. May the grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of the Father, and communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Take care and be blessed.